that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your game preview Buckeye talk for Ohio State, Nebraska from Cleveland.com. Doug Lee, Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. Guys, I figured it out today. Sometimes I, I am a hypochondriac. I like to diagnose myself with things. And it's always a little more disconcerting when you don't have a reason for the thing, right? Oh, I'm feeling this. Why is this? And usually for me, it's like, oh, I'm feeling this. And it's like, why is this? And it's like, oh, I bent over to pick up a pen yesterday. And that's why I feel like I pulled my oblique, right? At least I can rationalize it. So I was getting ready to think about this game. And I diagnosed myself with Nebraska fatigue. That I am sick of thinking about Nebraska. That I am less enthused to even think about this game than any other game on this schedule this year. And I didn't know why. And then I double-checked it. And this is a thing that I think I forget. I think you guys probably forget, and I bet you most of our listeners forget, that the Big Ten has designated these cross-division mini-rivals, which means that this is the sixth straight freaking year that Ohio State is playing Nebraska, but it's the, it is the merciful end of Ohio State and Nebraska as cross-division rivals. That they did this in 2016, so let's do some counting on our fingers, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is the sixth and last year of it, and starting next year, they're switching up. It's going to be another six-year cycle where everybody in each division is going to play somebody else from the other division six years in a row. Now, the caveat here is with the, uh, with the formation of the Alliance, the potential expansion of the college football playoff, we may get to a point where sometime in the next six years, the Big Ten dials back from nine conference games to eight. And if they do, I think this cross-division rivalry is the thing that would go by the wayside because you can't have a cross-division rivalry you're playing every year if you're only playing eight games. So – this is as of now, but do you guys know who Ohio State's next cross-division rival is for the next six years instead of Nebraska? Is it Wisconsin? It is Wisconsin. And for this six-year cycle, Wisconsin had a cross-division rivalry with Michigan. And now it's going to be Michigan and Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So we are done with Nebraska. I don't want to think about, I just did a Nebraska radio show. They're lovely people, but I think we've all done in Nebraska. They talk about the Cornhuskers 365 days a year. They don't have any professional sports teams in their state. Nebraska is the professional sports team, but like they're always, I think interested in Ohio state because Ohio state plays Nebraska every year. And that's not going to be the case. And I'm so happy about it. Nathan, are you happy? Do you think is this has this disease, this condition? Are there other people who cover Ohio State or follow Ohio State that are also suffering from Nebraska fatigue right now? You know, I, I really like Lincoln. I, I, I base all this on like which cities do I want to go visit? And Lincoln's a great city. If you want to stay in Omaha, 
you can go right across the border and get in your uh, poker slash blackjack slash sports betting. There's a couple places there. Um, I, there's a lot that I like about going to Nebraska every other year. So I don't really mind them being on the schedule. If Ohio State had to play Nebraska <sighs> every year, because they're going to beat up on somebody in the West. Where, where would you rather go? Well, change it up. Or Lincoln? No, but not every answer is Nathan. where Nathan likes to play poker. My God, You're don't you think me- Ohio State fans are sick of it, though? On behalf of Ohio State fans, you are their representative. No, you asked me if I'm if, if people <laughs> on the beat are weary of it. I'm love- saying if I never have to go to Iowa City again, that's fine with me. I've um, although I would say never have covered a football game there. So I'm, I'm, I'd actually like to go there for a football game once. But like, you know what I mean? Like Champaign, West Lafayette, these places are less than Lincoln. So if I get to trade a visit to one of those places, although I have family and friends in both those places so that's appealing too but like i'll always i I love going to lincoln what's what's good about lincoln other than the fact that you can go to go play poker what else that's only if you it's only if you stay in in omaha really is is that easy if you stay in lincoln or just visiting lincoln i mean it's got a great area down around pinnacle bank arena that they've remade the haymarket area with a lot of bars and restaurants and it just has it, it it's it's a smaller version of columbus in that it's a capital city with the major state university there. And you get kind of this, the a capital or a capital city. I shouldn't say a major city, but like a, a big city, but still has like the, the, the college town vibe to it, especially on game day. I think it's a great game day vibe in Lincoln. You know, it's a capital city with a good college vibe. Madison, which is what we're trading Lincoln not, for. Yeah. You're just asking, you're asking specifically about you're asking specifically about Nebraska weariness, and, and you have I, none I of don't it. Have it. No, I'm more weary about like uh, Indiana. I think part of this is Doug. You've actually been at all. No, not been no. at, but you've no. you've covered all six, so you're definitely sick of it. Uh, this is my fourth, but really my first normal one because stuff and then this is nathan's third so maybe we're not as sick of it yet but it's not really i'm not as interested now listen runzas runzas i still have not had a runza so how did we get this far into the conversation without runzas but i'm talking about the football i don't want to have to think about the black shirts and scott frost and adrian martinez and tom osborne i don't want to have to think about them every year I'll sprinkle them in. I also don't want to think about Kirk Ferentz and I, the Iowa Hawkeyes every year. I don't want to think about Pat Fitzgerald and the Northwestern Wildcats every year. It's too much Nebraska to have it every year. Why do they even have this thing? What is the point of a permanent six-year cross-division rival? Well, you know what the point was at the time. We've talked about it before. I think I wrote about it a couple of years ago that it was supposed to it was supposed to balance the schedule a little bit. Nebraska is not what it's supposed to be, and I think that's what also affects maybe your weariness is that it's been a regular season game, but there's been no chance of it being a big 10 championship game. Not that you'd want to see it twice, but like that's what's supposed to in this next six year cycle. If you had asked somebody 15 years ago, like how often will, would Nebraska be playing for a big 10 championship? They would say, well, probably at least once every six years. Right. And now they're, they're just nowhere close to it. So that's, that's what you're actually staring in the face is You take this off of the regular season and now Ohio state and Nebraska don't play at all for who knows how long. So, okay. Steven, you think Nebraska football is boring, right? Yeah, I mean, yes. Okay. I do think it's boring. I mean, I think there's a lot of intrigue around Nebraska football. But it's the same problem. But we know why. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing every year. Yeah. So here's the scores of the Ohio State-Nebraska 
series in this six-year cycle. 2016, 62 to 3. 2017, 54 to 14. 2018, 36 to 31, relative barn burner. 2019, 48 to 7. 2020, 52 to 17. So I'm not, there's no amount of runza. You could, you could put a runza IV in me and it would not excite me enough to deal with the sixth game of a series where the scores had been 62 to 3, 54 to 14, 36 to 31, 48 to 7, and 52 to 17. And then, and it's not just that they're bad. It's like, well, they used to be good and now they're bad. And why aren't they good anymore? And can they get back to being good? If they're just bad, it's like, oh, they're just bad. Just ignore them. Like Rutgers. This is like, we're caught up in this thing of like, oh, recruiting in Texas, recruiting in Ohio. What are they going to do? Should they go back to the big 12? I just don't want to talk about them anymore. Ohio State, Nebraska do not play in 2022. They do not play in 2023. Nathan, mark this down on your vacation travel plans. October 12th, 2024, Ohio State at Nebraska. We got to go there. Take your wife. And then 2025, they don't play. So those are the games. So normally, I think the normal cycle, because in this six-year cycle where Ohio State and Nebraska have played every year and where Michigan and Wisconsin have played every year, Ohio State and Wisconsin have played twice in the regular season. So I think like in that six-year cycle, you play your cross division six times every year, and then everybody else in the other division, you play twice in six years. So that is quite a difference, but I just don't understand. I mean, like, I mean, Nebraska has been a division member. Ohio Ohio State's life for the last six years has been Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Nebraska. That's every year. That's what you get. Ugh. I'm not angry at Nebraska. I'm angry at the situation. I will say I understand not wanting to extend it for another six years. Certainly (laughs) that definitely should not have been on the table. But if you think about it, like I I think this six year stretch, as much as those scores were lopsided, because if, again, if you had subbed in Illinois or Purdue, it would have been just as bad Um, or Northwestern, even in some of those years, it would have been just as bad because they did play Northwestern and thumped them pretty good regular season. One of those years, but Remember how that whole stretch started with Bill Moose saying, oh, Urban Meyer and and Jim Harbaugh are running scared or whatever it was he said, because look at what we've got cooking here at Nebraska. I think those six years were important in this era of Big Ten football to respond to that. So then let me ask this, and I should have, I screwed up another survey with the Texers. I get it. I screwed up surveys. I know they're all yelling at me. It's like, hey, cool. 100 responses. Doug's an idiot. Great day. At some point, yeah. At some point, they just need to listen. It's, it's going to happen. There are certain things that are going to happen with this pod. We all have our flaws. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. I am. I am caught at the moment of trying to have expertise on three very different things. And it's giving me an ulcer and I like it, but I'm trying to form a, a cogent, valuable well-thought-out opinion about the Odell Beckham situation for the Browns. Also in the same week where the National College Show, the rankings just came out, and I had, I was, had not had to. I got to scream about that. And also, they're playing freaking Nebraska again, and I had Nebraska fatigue. And so I have Odell Beckham on my brain, and I screwed up the survey. I said, like, who are who's going to win the West? And I meant to say Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin, or Minnesota. 
And instead of Minnesota, I put in Nebraska because I was thinking about Nebraska. So the survey screwed up. I'm, I apologize. By the way, we're going to pick this game eventually. My, uh, my score of this game, by the way, is I don't care to please God, let it end. That's my score. Six years of this. This has been inflicted upon the Ohio State fan base by what we thought Nebraska. Okay. Inflicted upon wanna, the Ohio State fan I, base. Okay. I don't, <laughs> don't want to make it seem like I'm, 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 I don't want this played on a Nebraska radio station. And being like, this guy hates Nebraska. I don't hate Nebraska. I just hate having to cover Nebraska six years in a row. That's all. So also in this stretch, it was Ohio State, Nebraska, Ohio State 5-0 and against Nebraska with the sixth game to come. Michigan and Wisconsin in this six-year stretch, 3-3, three and 3-3. Three. Three and three. Penn State's crossover was Iowa. Penn State and Iowa, 4-2. Penn State led that series. And Michigan State's crossover was Northwestern, 3-3, that series. So I don't think anybody else, and then I was going to check Rutgers and Maryland and Indiana and who their crossovers were, and then I realized I don't care. And so this is where we are, and I don't even know. Stephen, I was going to ask you a question. Oh, here's the question. Well, Indiana's is Purdue. But it is Purdue, so that's how they do it. They don't do the alternating crossover because it's it's a stick it. Stay with it every year crossover and the other six. Yeah, they work it out. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Good luck to Indiana and Purdue. I love the old Oaken bucket. I once, once won like a fifth place Hoosier press association award from an old Oaken bucket game story. I wrote at the first, uh, first newspaper ever worked at, I said something about Bill Mallory was, was hoisted on a pond, a sea of red. So awful. Take that away. Take my certificate away, Stephen. Does a does a wave really hoist things? I'm telling you, take the certificate away. They must have only gotten five entries. <laughs> yeah, Stephen. What is better though? This is the thing that we face with Ohio State a lot, and I think in sports in general, it's like: Do you want more exciting games? which you have a greater chance of losing, or do you just want boring opponents that, that the team that you are covering or that you are rooting for is going to shellac? What's better for Ohio State football? Playing Nebraska six years in a row or playing Wisconsin six years in a row? Because as we've covered on this podcast repeatedly, whatever Wisconsin does well, it is not geared to beat Ohio State. So Ohio State has won most of those games, but clearly they're a better football team. I mean, the, Ohio State has a lesser chance of going 6-0 and in this crossover rivalry against Wisconsin than they did against that version of Nebraska for the last six years. So if, as an Ohio State fan, if you were an Ohio State fan, Stephen, listening to this, what would you want, the better rival, or do you want the crappy rival? Uh, it might depend on what the rest of my schedule looks like. Because this year, I think, I mean, I, everybody would take the better rival because they already have a loss. And yeah, they control their own destiny, but what helps is when you've got some quality opponents coming up that you can win those games and continue to control your own destiny. But if we're talking 2019, it's just, I mean, that team's really good and they're going to blow everybody out. So just give me the crappy team because it's one less competitive game we need to worry about where somebody might get hurt because they're out in the fourth quarter. So it, I, Ohio State's in a weird spot where that's the, the correct answer is what's the rest of my schedule and how good do I feel about my team that year? 
Yeah. I, I, uh, I think that makes sense. Go ahead, Nathan. The non-divisional games this year are interesting for Ohio State. Now that we've reached this point of the season, you look at them, they're almost in that sweet spot. We're like Minnesota now they're six and two or whatever they are, and they're getting a little bit of respect. I mean, they were number 20 in the in the rankings. And if, if you base what we from what we saw the other day, I would think that Purdue is probably just outside the committee's top 25, most likely. So mm-hmm. and then Nebraska is, as we we're going to talk about, like, and we talked about it on Madness earlier this week, just gets has been close in a lot of games and has this weird grudging respect, even though they're three and six. So it's almost like in the sweet spot. Like if Nebraska had won like Two of those games flip, and they're five and four instead of three and six. They it it, it helps Ohio State a lot. Well, but I don't. Th- well, but Michigan State, and Michigan are so good. I mean, it wouldn't. They're going to get where they need to the get. The only game that yeah, stinks. the only game where I think you have a point is if they somehow pull out the Oklahoma game because then it's you beat yeah Oklahoma. One is that Oklahoma's out the race, but then also Michigan and Michigan State are still top ten in the college football playoff rankings right now. And if and if they'd found a way to beat Purdue last week, it would have hurt the quality yeah quality the eventual Purdue win for Ohio State potentially so yeah but I think Ohio State could be playing winless teams these two weeks and it wouldn't matter because it's it's about right, the Michigan yeah. and Michigan yeah. State are both so good yeah yeah it's, it's going to be like these are going to be their fifth and sixth best wins on the schedule whatever they are so um okay by the way so the 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 next six-year cycle it's Ohio State Wisconsin it's Michigan Nebraska it's Penn State, Illinois, and it's Michigan State, Minnesota. And some, oh, and Iowa, Iowa goes from Penn State to Rutgers. Iowa and Rutgers, although nobody in the West makes sense with Rutgers, I guess. I don't even know who Rutgers was doing. It's like there's no part of that that you know what's funny makes about, anybody happy. What's funny about this to me is that you know, Penn State had a tough crossover against Iowa. That's a pretty tough crossover and going four and two against them. And now James Franklin complaining about, you know, whatever. This almost placates him to get matched up with Illinois, except he's getting matched up with them right as Brett Bielema comes in and makes Illinois good again. So yeah. They're probably going to be like they could be one of the better teams in the West over the next six years. And like, you what if, to worry about that, though? He's not going to be there. That's he's somebody else's problem. That. That's somebody yeah. else's problem. Luke he'll, be on, he'll be in South Beach. Brett Bielema is somebody else's problem. I actually wouldn't mind that. I'd take that for Ohio State. I'd take six years of Bielema. Oh, six years of Bielema. What do we care about? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't analyze this game at all. I am absolutely flabbergasted that the line is still, was it 16? 15. How? 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 <laughs> How? Why are these bad How? teams getting really How? good lines against Ohio State while the good teams are getting these terrible lines? What? I'd love to talk to Tyler Shoemaker about this because it makes me wonder if this is a reflection of a growing sophistication. And let me finish this thought about <laughs> betting lines, because the betting lines typically are, I think, higher in games like this because a lot of money is going to come in on Ohio State. So does this mean that there are enough people out there who like pay it casual betters paying attention or serious betters paying attention to the analytics and the the numbers that would lead to the power rankings that show Nebraska being not that far away from Ohio State, that that's how this number stays? Because you would think that this number would have started there and then grown and it hasn't. That's what I would think. So people are just overthinking things. 
that's sometimes a simple way of explaining it. Do, do they think I, – I, I like the numbers. You can rely too much on the numbers. I don't even know let's, – let's play uh, a quiz show. Let's play there are some books that have it at 14 and a half right now. Let's play, let's play a quiz show. Here's my quiz show. It's called Who is Nebraska's Best Skill Player? No offense intended. I have no idea who it is. That's called – that's the name of the game show. Welcome back to Who is Nebraska's Best Skill Player? No offense intended. I have no idea who it is. Nathan, who is it? It's Adrian Martinez, I think. No, but yeah. not the quarterback. He's famous because oh. he's played Ohio State six times. You know what? You know what Ohio State has done more in the last six years? <laughs> they have played Nebraska more than Ohio State has played Michigan. That is the world that we live in. They've got a decent wide receiver. It's true. Who? The, uh, who is it? Uh, sort of. They got a kid named Samori Touré. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he had. He was a really great player at Montana, and then he's yeah. got. He's got 568 yards and three touchdowns on 28. <laughs> Stop, time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. I can't do Listen, it. Listen. I. I. Hold on. Hold on. I'm with you, Nathan. I'm with you. You should not have said at Montana. I can't. That's where you I'm lost up. I'm out, with man. you because I, I obviously did research as well. I, but when you said Mont- I get it. I get what you're doing. You're giving the background. You're doing the responsible thing. But when you said at Montana, Doug checked out. Doug's on Here's tilt, the man. important thing. Real me back in. I wrote about this earlier in the week when I did my players you should worry about from Nebraska. And this guy, Toure, against Fordham, Buffalo, and Northwestern. Stop it! Stop it! Don't say Fordham! I'm yes. having an electric Stop. reaction. Stop saying the school name. Just say in week two or something. I can't breathe. Stop. I can't breathe. He said Fordham. Uh-huh. Oh. Fordham, Buffalo, and Northwestern. 12 receptions, 377 yards, and all three of his touchdowns. Against everyone else, 38.2 yards a game, 11.2 yards per reception. He's been very... Uh, pedestrian, really, against everybody except the worst teams they played. And then defensively, Garrett Nelson's pretty good. He's got nine tackles for loss this year. He's probably their best defensive player. Either him or Deontay Williams. Well, I mean, JoJo Doman's really good. Yeah, uh, Taylor that. Britt, their cornerback, yeah. is pretty good. I think they've got guys on defense. Mm-hmm. defense. This isn't Penn State. This isn't Penn State. It's probably more like what Indiana would have been at full strength. Something yeah. like that. And if, if if Indiana wasn't missing its starting corners when Ohio State played them. They've also got a tight end that I think is is an intriguing matchup for Ohio State because of some of the things it's had at tight or at linebacker this year, especially in coverage. Um Austin Allen, he's six nine, two fifty-five, and he's he's got like three hundred and seventy-one yards, two touchdowns, twenty-seven receptions. So they they use him a decent amount. And and teams have been targeting their their tight ends, I think, a lot against Ohio State the last couple of weeks. So I want to see how that works. That pans out. The State doesn't have a six nine linebacker. <laughs> Imagine a six nine linebacker. Um. Okay. So when you even said you said when you said twelve receptions, I was like, oh, he had twelve receptions in a game. It's no, he had twelve receptions total against their three worst opponents. So, but he averaged but four averaging- receptions a game. But averaging 30 yards a reception was my point. That like he's gotten a lot of production against those three opponents. He probably didn't play in the second half against Fordham or whatever. So I, the receptions total wasn't going to be huge, especially that's not really what Nebraska does. But I was just saying that, that his uh, when you look at his production, his raw production looks like oh pretty solid. And then you look inside of it, and it, it came it, it's lopsided where it came from. Who was the third? So actually, so he actually did have eight catches against Fordham. 
Like eight of those 12 catches are against Fordham. Okay. Mm-hmm. Eight for 133. I mean, plus he had a rushing touchdown. I'm going to tell you what. That former Montana receiver for Nebraska sliced and diced Fordham. And I know that's coming up this week for Matt Barnes. I know Matt Barnes is in there telling the guys, hey, 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 maybe Buckeye Talk doesn't respect these guys, but I've got a former Montana receiver on the screen here who sliced and diced Fordham. Be I don't know. Be I think alert. he might he might look more at the Buffalo game and the Northwestern game where he's had two catches in both those games that have 136 and 108 and just been like, stay disciplined. Communicate. Don't give up the big play. Please, I hope twice. I hope there's a highlight out there where his like 90-yard catch against Buffalo is like four Buffalo defenders like ran into each other and fell down and caught a wide open pass. It sounds like I'm being dismissive of individual college athletes, and that's not what I'm doing. I'm being dismissive of Scott Frost's program because Nebraska football, no matter how bad it's going and no matter how active the transfer portal is, should not be in a world where their best receiver is a transfer from Montana. Right. I mean, that's not, mm-hmm. is that an unreasonable expectation, Nathan? Am I putting too much on the fighting corn huskers? Uh, no, I think that's a fair thing to say. Obviously, Wandale Robinson transferring out after last season was uh, a big problem for them. Looking at what Mel Tucker did with Michigan State in year two, I don't understand why Scott Frost can't do a portion of that. Correct. And, and I will say, what, and like, there have been times. Over the years, during this six-year run of endless, ceaseless Nebraska football, dear God, please save us from it, where Nebraska has had some interesting skill guys. Like I like J.D. Spielman. I liked Wandale Robinson. Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. He's in the Rondale Moore mold Yeah, from Kentucky. I think he originally committed to Kentucky, decommitted, and then went to Nebraska, mm-hmm. and Ohio State Correct. was kind of dancing with him a little bit. And then he transferred to Kentucky, and at Kentucky, he has 58 catches for 645 yards and five touchdowns. So why Scott Frost couldn't keep him at Nebraska is a bad sign to me, right? They never could figure out, I think, what they wanted to do with him, though. Because their running backs have been so bad, they were wedging him into that role, and I don't think he liked that role, and I think he saw himself – having to keep playing in the backfield if he stayed there and he didn't want any part of that. He went somewhere where they were going to feature him as a receiver. I think that's part of it. That sounds right. All right, so let's talk about Adrian Martinez, but we'll take a quick break first here on Buckeye Talk. Doug, Nathan, and Steven back here, 614-350-3315 to be part of the text to get incorrect surveys from me. We do have the actual uh, picks from the texters on the game on the over-under we will make our, ours uh, later in this podcast. Nathan, you wrote a thing a little bit about Adrian Martinez earlier this week, right? I have long had my theory about you get caught with a quarterback who's just good enough to keep the job, but not good enough to get you over the top. I, I'm, I'm actually wondering now because all of this is one giant, everything is smushed together in my brain, plus Nebraska previously had a different quarterback whose last name was Martinez, Taylor Martinez which is also extra confusing. So I honestly don't know when Adrian Martinez started being Nebraska's quarterback. If you told me it was 2007, I would probably say, yeah, that sounds about right to me. Is he a four-year starter at quarterback? Yes. His first year was 
His first year was 2018 and JT Bear is better than him, but like, understand what I'm saying here. He's their JT Bear by that standard of, he was really good as a freshman and he gave him a lot of reason for optimism and he's gotten worse every single year to the point where he's good enough to keep the job, but not good enough to take you anywhere. That is absolutely the meanest thing that anyone has ever said about JT Barrett on this podcast. I know. I know. It is what it is. Wow. Uh, so what is he? Uh, and I was just on this Nebraska radio show 20 minutes ago and they were saying like, oh, well, what could Nebraska? I said, well, you know, Ohio State's defense, whatever. They play a lot of zone. They give up some soft spots in the zone, you know, move the pocket, have Martinez try to move around. He's a little nimble. Avoid the rush. Maybe you can find some soft spots and maybe Nebraska can move the ball a little bit. And then they were like, well, given how last week went, I don't know about that. So, like, was he horrible or something last week? Like, is he being good or terrible this year? Well, he's always been turnover prone. And I think he's got, like, seven picks this year or something like 12 that. T- I mean, 12 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Okay. And, he, he's, and I didn't look at the fumbles, but that's been a problem for him in the past, too. And I know that he, last week when that game was on the line, threw a, a pick late that I think pretty much sealed that. Gave up a pick six in that game. So that's always been like just part of what you're taking with Martinez. Like he it's not that he doesn't have skill to some extent. I think from the Ohio State matchup, what's interesting to me is Ryan Day talked about this today. It's like kind of the first priority is setting the edge and keeping him bottled up when when they go into passing situations. And Ohio State has their guys covered up, which they probably will a lot. As as we talked about, they ain't that great. What does Martinez then do? Does Martinez get to just take off and, and get real? I mean, he's had um, he's been over 80 yards twice against Ohio State and 70 yards in the other game. So he's he's been able to get yards on the ground in, in all three games that he's played against Ohio State to, to some degree. Um, so I think they've got to find a way to not let that. I, I talked about this on on the, the, the game time decisions that people can see Saturday morning. But I think to me, it's about not letting him get loose. And, and Ohio State setting the tone on early downs, making him be a thrower on third down as much as possible. He's not good enough to take advantage of that over-the-middle stuff that Sean Clifford was, but he's good enough to be the athlete that those third and longs, he can keep Ohio State's defense on the field. And he doesn't have the targets that that Sean Clifford had either, I don't think. Right. No, no Jahan Dotson's floating around right. for Nebraska. Unless... Unless you're Fordham, and then and you've got that guy with some Montana blood in him who is just like, we know the Montana-Fordham rivalry. Uh, back in 1926, the Montana-Fordham game, I mean, it's one of the most infamous games in college football history. So the idea that you wind up with a Montana transfer taking it to Fordham is only fair, I think. For what it's worth, this is... Mind. This has consistently been my favorite part of the season the last three years with the three of us is when we get to the point where they're boring good and Doug just starts mocking the other team. <laughs> while, while, while Nathan and I try our best to give some analysis of what's going to happen. It's my favorite part because you're not wrong. But uh, I'm, we all I, three can't do that. I am exceptionally slap happy about this. There reaches a point in the season where and it's about right here. And, and this is always yeah. the point of the year where I'm like, I'm done. <clears throat> I can't do this anymore. I, I can't be a sports writer. I can't be a podcaster. I have to go back. I have to get a more normal life. This is no way for a human to exist. And my wife is always like, it's November. You do this every November. It's a long football season. You work hard. You don't get a lot of days off. It's, it's your, your brain gets fried a little bit. So I'm in that zone. And then when you drop 
Nebraska in that zone. I'd rather have Nebraska early when my tolerance is higher, right? My I'm worn down. So I, I am at a low ebb of, of tolerating reasonable football discussion around this program. But I do want to remember, so 2018 was that year. It's the Dwayne Haskins year. Dwayne Haskins, 18 of 32 against Nebraska in that game. Adrian Martinez, 22 of 33. Dwayne Haskins, 252 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Adrian Martinez, 266 yards, one touchdown, no picks. Adrian Martinez also ran it 20 times for 72 yards in that game. So he threw it 33. He ran it 20. He accounted for 340 offensive yards and three touchdowns. And that was like a little bit of a game. And I honestly think, guys, not only, Stephen, you said he's sort of been, he's been getting worse, but I think like there's that thing you're always afraid to give up on. I just I don't think that Adrian Martinez has been living off of 2018 necessarily all these years. I think he's living off the 2000 Ohio 2018 Ohio State game. Like yeah. it's like he almost beat Ohio State because that absolutely was. And then infamously, 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 one of the most infamous discussions on this podcast ever, ever, is when we were doing opponent previews in the summer. Of 2019, I think, right? Before I got here, yeah. And the Nebraska writer who was on said he'd rather have Adrian Martinez than Justin yeah. Fields. And I <laughs> I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Which is again, if you wanna if you wanna call me nine and three, Doug, that, you should probably call me day. hmm, that's interesting. Adrian Martinez Justin Fields, Doug. You could have me enough people have had me sign the book, nine and three, Doug. Please, someone have me sign it. Hmm, that's interesting. Adrian Martinez might be better than Justin Fields, Doug, because that's as bad as it gets. It's like the playoff committee, though. Like this Ohio State is not the Ohio State that played Oregon, and and you're not nine and three, Doug. That was a nine and three, Doug. Uh, Mean that. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. That off season was a special time because we weren't (laughs) we weren't really sure what was up with Justin yet. (laughs) Because I remember there was one day Doug and I walk into our cars and we're having this conversation about Justin, and it's like, what if he's just not it? You know, what if what if he's just not it? What if the reason he didn't win at Georgia, win the job at Georgia, because he was genuinely not better than the guy who won the than uh than Jake from yeah. Then Jake from what if that's the case? What if he's not it? And then season starts just like, nope, we're wrong. He's awesome. <laughs> Hot take. Hey, texters, little bit of little tidbit you should get here. I don't know if we had texting them yet. Newsflash, Adrian Martinez, not better. Than Justin Fields, not, not better all. than Justin Fields, but like that's what they were going by back then. And back then, that game, they had Stanley Morgan and they had JD Spielman, and those were both real guys. And in that game against Ohio State, they, they combined for 13 catches for 148 receiving yards. And those were like two real, you know, if 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 Stanley Morgan and JD Spielman were on Nebraska right now, I'd, I'd be less slap happy about trying to analyze this game, but it is amazing to me. I just don't know how they got here. They asked me on the Nebraska radio show, like as an outsider, what do you think of Scott Frost? We don't know. We don't know the day in and day out stuff. It's seemingly from out here. It feels like the Nebraska people are frustrated, but at this point, it feels like they're headed to wrong direction. The only thing that I would say is that I don't know if that, what percentage of this is tied to Adrian Martinez and the theory that we've already discussed, you sort of 
hook your your trailer to that quarterback and it's four years of it and he's never good enough. And do you want do you give Scott Frost like another quarterback? Right. Then it's like, well, why did you get off before? Well, they tried to play Luke McCaffrey and they kind of couldn't do it, whatever. And he hovered over it. And that's they just got caught in between with him. Would you factor that into whether Scott Frost should be back next year, Nathan? Well, I mean, he's had four years now to develop somebody else and hasn't done it. And McCaffrey was there and and that didn't work out. So I don't know that I factor that into it. I think there might be a more practical reason why he'll be back next year. This came up. We were having a discussion before interviews at the Woody on Wednesday. And I'll credit Joey Coffin from the dispatch, who was the first one who kind of threw it out. But when they hired Scott Frost, it wasn't just that he was a Nebraska guy. I mean, he'd done some things at UCF. Like it was a it was a hire with some juice. Like he was going to get hired by somebody big and it just oh, happened yeah. to be that Nebraska had an opening at that time. So I think Nebraska thinks of itself as like, when we hire an, a head coach, it should be somebody of substance. Look around the country right now. There's an opening at USC. There's an opening at LSU. There could be an openings at where Florida, Miami, like where is, how far down the list are we getting before Nebraska is like, a desirable job. I mean, there's going to be people who leave jobs to take those jobs that might be better jobs than Nebraska right now. This might just be the wrong cycle to try to make a coaching hire at Nebraska. New AD. So that always matters. And Mm -hmm. that ID didn't hire Scott Frost, but maybe that ID would slow play it and say, let's try one more year so that I can really get my ducks in a row of if we're, if it's not going to be him, who's it going to be and that we can get a first choice, not an eighth choice. And then we just had a, uh, we just had a quick conversation on the playoff show the other day talking about some of these openings. And I mentioned PJ Fleck and PJ Fleck just re-upped for seven Mm -hmm. years at Minnesota. Now Mm -hmm. that doesn't guarantee anything, but I'm sure his buyout increased. And obviously he used the threat of maybe Florida coming and open or does LSU want him or you does USC want him? I don't know that he would be the first that PJ Fleck would have been the first choice at any of those places, but I think he might've been like the third choice. And I, the first two might've said no, that I could have seen PJ Fleck winding up with the top 15 job after following up what Minnesota did a couple years ago with its first 10 win season in 50 years with this year, with all these injuries and doing what they've done, he's a legit dude. And I think, I don't know that you would have done it in the conference, but like if Nebraska would have said, we'll just, we'll pay PJ Fleck, whatever it takes. Right. Like, and we, we want to row the boats here. So, you know, but again, I don't know, like you're not going to get Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell is not going to leave Iowa state to go to Nebraska because he can just wait for a better job. And, and is Nebraska even a better job than Iowa state right now? It's probably a similar program, but Nebraska has much higher expectations. But I don't know that Nebraska does anything that would allow him to recruit at a higher level or hire coaches at a higher level than what he could do at Iowa State. People will just be more ticked off if he goes seven and five than they are at Iowa State. So like you said, I don't know who the – you have to always think, okay, if it's not this guy, then who? Frost, once they got rid of – when Mike Riley was making it clear – he wasn't the guy. It was like, well, if not Mike Riley, then who? And it's like, well, Scott Frost. Like, it's Scott Frost. Everybody knew that. I thought they should have hired Scott Frost when they hired Mike Riley. He was the perfect. I think Scott Frost made even more sense at Nebraska than Jim Harbaugh made at Michigan. He's literally like the perfect hire. He won a fake national championship. 
he'd learned the offense at Oregon and he could, and he'd been a star at Nebraska. He could come back to Nebraska with a little bit of that option feel, but modernized like this, a modern spread that has a little bit of that feeling and had some juice and all that stuff. And he has absolutely fallen on his face. So I, I don't know the guy coming in after Scott Frost will not look like as good of a candidate as Scott Frost looked like when he was hired by Nebraska, because he was the best candidate you ever could have found for a program like that. See, you know what the problem is? The problem is I have all that off the top of my head. You know why? Because I've been thinking about Nebraska football for six years. I shouldn't know that much about Nebraska's coaching situation. Yeah, but think about this. Like, if like, what are we going to talk about for Purdue week if they go out and just flatten and Purdue, and Purdue loses next week? Like, there's actually more interesting conversations for this. I think. I just want a rotation. I just don't want anybody. Oh no, in the West all the time. Honest, yeah. I, I think Purdue might be more interesting because at least George Karloff, this David Beller, interesting people. That Ohio State has to. We can talk yes. about them for an hour. I don't want to talk about Adrian Martinez for an hour. I just don't want to do it. We don't have to think about who Purdue's best skill player is. That's true. That's true. Okay. No offense to anybody associated with the Nebraska football program other than Scott Frost. I mean, the people making millions of dollars, I don't care what they think. No offense to the athletes who are doing the best they can under a coach who has not been able to get it right. Okay. Is there anything else that we need to say about Nebraska football before we get ready to make picks? Or have we already said too much? I think we've said plenty. I don't I know got- when I'm going to get a runza. We're not getting in until like seven o'clock Friday night. And then the game's at mm. noon. So unless I have a runza at the stadium and I don't have a car, I can't drive out into it. So like I made I, this may be runza list unless I just get one at the stadium. If I don't get a runza and I have to watch this game, I'm going to get really frustrated at some point Saturday after this game. When we get done working, I'm getting a half runza. Time. Half time. You're going down and getting us runzas. What if you guys fly? <laughs> I'm not going. What if you guys fly to Nebraska and then just watch the game from your hotel room eating runzas? <laughs> like, I mean, we already bought the plane tickets, so yeah, it's already the we deal's done. We could have saved some money and just stayed here and eat, watch the game at home eating hot pockets, and it wouldn't have been that much different. <laughs> See, now that's offensive. Now I am offended on behalf of Nebraska. You just compared to runza to a hot pocket. Uber Eats a Runza. That company will pay for it. Be like, man, this Uber Eats. It's like a $38 Uber Eats charge. It's like, you got to get, get a Runza, man. Okay. No car? How you get in the stadium? Uber? Ubers. Yeah, we're not that far away. Our rental car is super expensive for travel now because of yeah, the pandemic. Yes. There's a big yes. shortage on rental cars. We found that out uh, in Hawaii on our um, honeymoon this summer. It's, it's, it's kind of bad everywhere. Interesting. Because I think all the rental car places like sold off parts of their fleets during the pandemic and they haven't replenished them yet. Right. All right. We'll be back after this to make our picks on rental car talk. Back on rental car talk. Why you should never get the extra insurance, right? You guys never get the extra insurance. Do you like your own insurance covers it? I did. In Hawaii, because we were driving to, uh, for people who know, the the road to Hana, which is like this really windy, difficult road. And then on top of that, they, the only car they had to give me was like a Lincoln convertible. I was hoping I'd get just like a little 
hatchback or something I could wide, wide around. Instead, they gave me this like boat to drive around. So yeah, I paid like an extra $10 and got some extra insurance just because I was paranoid about it. But normally, no. Because a lot of times your credit card, get a good credit card because your credit card will cover kind of be the insurance. It's one of those things, if you rent cars a lot, it reaches the point where it's like, well, if you turn down the insurance like 30 times, it's like even if on the 31st time somebody hits you from behind and dings it up, it's like, well, you still save money in the long term, even if somehow something gets goofy, which leads us. I did grab some rapid fires, but I don't think we're going to get to them. I did grab this, though, because this is related to what Nathan was talking about in Hawaii from the 614. Again, these are from a couple of weeks ago, so I don't know if this is still happening. As you may know, I love the beginning of this because I don't know this. These are the, uh, this is like the great, this is a great beginning of, of a letter, of a novel, of anything. The first six words of this, as you may know, comma, a volcano. And then it's like, if I were like a third grade teacher, that would be the writing prompt. As you may know, a volcano. And then what comes after that? So what comes after it is this. Um, and again, I don't know if this thing erupted by now. I don't know if like this island has disappeared. It's from the 614. As you may know, a volcano has been erupting on the island of La Palma for just over a month now. If given the chance, would you travel to the island to witness the eruption firsthand? Oh, did you guys know? that a volcano on the island of La Palma was erupting. I've, I've, I've seen things. Yes. Okay. I didn't even know what La Palma was, but no, I don't want to see a volcano erupting in real life. Is there a Chili's on the island? <laughs> you ever get like the volcano cake Chili's? It's like the little, like it's like the hot syrup, hot chocolate sauce, like in the cake. Very good. So here's the thing where I am. So Steven, you're out. Or, do you think that the volcano might kill you? Or just that it's not that interesting to you. It's a pain in the butt to get to La Palma. You don't want to do it. Both. I don't, I'm not a fan of putting myself in potential danger just for the sake of seeing something. I buy that. That, that is a, that's a, I would buy that philosophy generally. Nathan, would you go see the erupting volcano? I think I would. I think I would as long as I didn't think that the eruption meant like literally like, lava falling down on my head but i'd yeah. want to like see it from afar yeah so here so i like the magnificence of nature right i like when things occur like old faithful right i guess volcanoes different than old faithful but like that kind of thing i don't like seeing things i don't want to go see something that's happening in nature that is the result of man-made failures that are harming the earth, right? So I don't want to go see like a glacier melt. It's like, hey, cool. Want to go see that glacier melt? It's like, awesome. There's climate change in action. Like I don't, so the volcano, but like volcanoes occur naturally. So I would have to research, is this a normal function of mother nature that I can witness the magnificence of this mysterious planet we live upon? Or is it a sign that we are murdering the planet and Earth is like, help me, and belching out this lava? That I don't want to see because that's like we're capitalizing on our failures so and like enjoying our failures. But if it's just the magnificence of nature, like I'm in on that. So I would go 
to La Palma, but I would check out the chain restaurant scene ahead of time because I don't know if I just want to eat, you know, the stuff they have there, coconut leaves and stuff, wherever La Palma is. Should we just skip the picks? Does anyone even care? Take give the take Ohio State minus 15. Does anyone else care? Can I do a quick texture survey? Do you even care about our picks? Steven, go ahead and make your hell. We we make this part just so you guys know. We make this part into our video for YouTube right now. So then I have to like reset it to make it sound professional. Like this. I shouldn't tell them that. It's a secret. I'm Nathan's like, Nathan's I mean, like, done don't, it already, give so. don't give this. I'm also lounging in a bed. Time to make our picks for this big game between the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Stephen Means, what do you say about what's going to happen in Lincoln on Saturday? 55 to 14. How did I come up with that score? I took last year's score and just gave the field goal to Ohio State. Why? Because... Nebraska is not going to stop Ohio State's offense the same way Penn State was. I think this is another week where they can put up 50 points. And then also Ohio State's defense is going to give up some points just because it's what it does. I'll, I'll bank on the we gave up a touchdown on the opening drive. And then at some point somewhere else, Nebraska gets in the end zone again. So 55-14. That is remarkably close to my score. So I'll go next 52 to 20. I think it's an easy cover. I be, agree with basically everything Steven said. Again, it's a 15-point line. The texters, 91% said, give the points. Take Ohio State minus 15. 9% say Nebraska plus 15. And I like want to talk personally to all 9% of those people because I cannot wrap my head around it. The over-under on this game is 65. So what was your score again, Steven? You're over that, right? Yeah. I'm over and I'm taking Ohio State with the points. Yeah. And I'm over also with my 52 20. That's a total of, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm over. I'm 72. So I'm over. So Steven and I are both given the 15 and taking the over. Nathan, what are you doing? I'm also giving the 15 and taking the over, but just a, a little lower score on Ohio State side. I'm going to say 47 to 22. And that's some like grudging respect for whatever the numbers are that are making Las Vegas and everybody else think. This could be closer, but um, I, I don't think so. Those are our picks for Ohio State, Nebraska. Nathan, figure out the rest of how to end this video appropriately. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing: <laughs> we didn't. We, we we used to have two discussions, and like the second time you give your picks, it's not as good as the first time. I figured out that if I was a director of a movie or a TV show, I really would want that first take. Right. That I think it's just the first time you do something is always better because you can you can feel yourself repeating things a little bit. I I did say this is an a, a really weird Big Ten week. These are the lines for this for the games this week. Um, why didn't I get the I didn't get the one text that I sent myself. That's weird. I was going to look on my Buckeye talk. Did everybody not get this? Did you guys get the text I sent about this? I didn't get it. Read the lines that I sent out for the rest of the games in the Big Ten this week. Wisconsin minus 13 over Rutgers. You don't have home in a way here, but Wisconsin minus 13 over Rutgers. Iowa minus 12 over Northwestern. That's interesting. Michigan minus 20 over Indiana. Hmm. Minnesota minus 15 over Illinois. Penn State minus 10 and a half over Maryland 
and Michigan State minus three over Purdue. That one I think I'm pretty sure is at Purdue. And that is at Purdue. And that's just like, so everything's a double digit line except the game involving the number three team in the country. Somehow that's a field goal game against a team that has that lost to Wisconsin by 17 two weeks ago. But like Nathan said, you, you said, I think on Monday that you wouldn't be shocked if Michigan State loses that game. I would if I were betting it, I would take Michigan State minus three if I were like trying to make money on the game. If I but if I was looking for a flyer this week, like Purdue plus three, I don't know. Like it's just one of those. It just seems like one of those games and and they didn't build those casinos on hunches. Like they got this down to a science to some extent. There's a reason why they're only a three point favorite when, when in, in a lot of logical ways, that doesn't make sense to our eyes and our brains. So I'm just saying, be wary of that. Okay. It's a weird slate, including the end of this six year Ohio state, Nebraska series. Make sure you catch us for the post game podcast on Saturday. Nathan and Steven will be there. I will not bring me a runza and then we'll figure out, I think loose meat sandwiches. No, that's Iowa. What do they eat in Wisconsin? I guess cheese. I guess we eat cheese for the next six years. Brats. I don't like brats. Now I'm going to get texts about that. My wife always talks about someplace up there that has um, macaroni and cheese pizza. Oh, that sounds right. I don't think that's like a statewide thing, but there's a place in Madison that has it that she likes. Maybe we'll eat that, but we are moving on from this six-year Ohio State Nebraska series after this. We appreciate you guys listening. Try the text at 614-350-3315. For Nathan Baird and Stephen Means, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>